You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, I'm going to start us off with a word of prayer. I wrote everything down. I'm I'm going to let the Lord uh, remember the names and stuff. So it's not, I don't repeat it incorrectly, but um, pray for our community Um, and pray for Parker and Sarah and the family. He's taken on a, well, God has anointed him to take on a mighty um, challenge. It's not really a challenge, but a task, I guess, depending on how you want to, whatever you want to categorize it to be. But what an amazing opportunity to reach people that you don't see on Sundays and Wednesdays. And um, I mean, I've run into people that know that I come here, that I'm affiliated with Parker, and they just cannot believe the energy and the excitement that he's got. So it's contagious. It's, um, it's a fire that uh, he is spreading you know, those sparks that is that God is going to bring together um, into this place. And uh, it's just a mighty work, and I, I'm just so honored to be a part of it. I know as well as you are. But let's remember them in prayer as well. So, Father God, I come to you now. Lord, I, I thank you so greatly that I have the freedom to pray. Lord, that I have these ladies that are with me tonight that, and those that are listening. What an honor and a blessing it is to have the freedoms to hear your name and be able to worship together. Lord, we come with a heavy heart. We have a list of, of individuals, Lord, that, that need to be lifted up in prayer and uh, have, have special needs in special ways. And Lord, you know each and every one of them. And Father God, I just lift these, this list up to you. I ask you, Lord, to, to touch them in a mighty way, touch their hearts, use people around them, Lord, to encourage them, to lift them up. Lord, let us be your instrument, your tool, so that we can be that encouragement. We just thank you for tonight. We thank you for the word, Lord, that you have brought I just ask that um, as simple as it is, Lord, do we really understand what it is that, that you ask of us and how we are to live in you? So I just pray that tonight, Lord, it brings us a little more clarity under your understanding. And we thank you for all that you do for us, and we thank you for this week. In your precious name, amen. Well, I had um, had kind of uh, was ba- fumbling along, trying to decide. Lord, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is that you would have me speak. I don't know where to start. I don't know what point to to focus on because there's just so much around us that that needs great attention um, to help us to reassure us, to encourage us. 
And, uh, and it seemed like every time I would run into someone, they, they had a story or they had, they, you know, they had a, a worry or a concern or a need. And, um, and I, began to want, I began to ask him, you know, why, why is it that there are people that go to certain people? What draws them? What people, what, why do people, are they drawn to you, Sherry? What, what is it about you that, that people see in you that is drawn to you? And for Rhonda, for everybody in this room, there's people that go to certain people because they're, they're drawn to them. They're easy to talk to. Um, maybe it's the smile on their face, Lorinda. Um, you know, and it, maybe it's just the, you know, the, the experience of life, the elderly, you know, the knowledge that's there. What is it that, that brings us to that place where we feel that need to go to a specific person? So I began to dig a little bit, and um, the Lord didn't give me really, really a, a good clarification on that first day that I, I turned my music off and turned everything off and drive, I drive to Lubbock. I'm like, okay, you got, you got 30 minutes to tell me what I'm supposed to talk on. So it doesn't work that way. But I did still stay in, in the quietness and um, woke up the next morning, and man, he just said, I've got three questions I want you to write. So the first question that he asked me, really, really think about these questions. Really put your life, where you're at, where your walk is, into these questions. What truth do we stand on? What truth do we stand on? As in the time and day that we're in right now, what truth do we stand on? The second one, what does it mean to stand on God's promises? What does it mean to stand on God's promises? And the third one is when he, I began to really, this is the question that I need to answer for tonight. And it is, how should our identity in Christ affect the way we live? Pretty good questions, aren't they? The the third question again is, how should our identity in Christ affect the way we live? Does anybody want to? Elaborate on that. Well, I know, like, with my identity, God calls me peace. And, like, I know before, and you know first, like, anything, I would be like, whoa, whoa, crazy. Like, oh, my gosh, the world has fallen down. And now I'm just like, whatever, dude. Like, I've, I've learned to come into that. Just It's going to go with the flow. And you got to deal with what you got to deal with. Well, let me give you a little bit of a, a definition to kind of help elaborate a little further. Identity is defined as the collective aspect of the set of characteristics 
by which a thing is definitely recognizable or known. Do you all understand that? I'll read it again. Identity is defined as the collective aspect of the set of characteristics by which a thing is definitely recognizable or known. So if our identity is in Christ, we should display characteristics that are recognizable as belonging to Christ. Hmm. The word Christian means followers of Christ. How many of us say we're Christian, but we don't demonstrate that we're a follower of Christ? And as the Apostle John points out, we should literally follow in his footsteps. By this, we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in in the same way in which he walked. That's 1 John 2, 5 through 6. So now we're going to skip over just a smidgen and we're going to go to what scientists have proved. They have proven that the plasticity of the brain, which is the human mind, tends to conform the things to which is continually exposed. Okay, meaning the peace of mind is often dependent on the degree to which all the parts of a person, mind, spirit, emotions, body, will, are, are aligned. But a believer's spirit is one with Christ. The old man has died, and the new man lives in him. In Galatians 2.20, it's because this oneness with God's spirit is eternal and predominant. And then in Romans 8, 37 through 39, it says the rest of the person must gradually come in line with him. The flesh, the flesh fights this. However, the Apostle Paul describes his own experience with this in Romans 7, 14 through 25. Now, I've got some of the scriptures that are, that are it's not the full scripture, but we, I can go back and read. There's one in particular I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read um, a little further down, but this is just a, like the tips of some of the verses. It says, uh, in Romans seven fourteen through 25, it says, I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. That's in verses 22 and 23. Christ's sacrifice for us made us holy. But that sanctification is exposed over time. In Hebrews 10, 10, and 14. Sin robs us of our peace. But being in Christ means we have been saved from sin and we no longer must live according to its whims. <clears throat> we will be happier and more at peace if we strive to walk as Jesus walked. Much of the writings of the New Testaments are encouraging believers toward this goal in Romans 6, 6 through 14. So those are just a few scriptures to kind of back up what exactly um, kind of the breakdown of what's to come. I mean, it, like for instance, 
Paul tells the, uh, the Ephesians to no longer walk as the Gentiles. He tells them that they are to uh, be in the fertility of their minds and darkened understanding, but instead to put off your old self and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So if you'll turn to Ephesians 4.17. I'm going to read it. Um, This is a King James Bible, so the wording may be a little different if you have a different version. Um, But it's Ephesians 4. I'm going to read 17 through 32, and it's a little lengthy, but listen to what the words are telling us. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye... Henceforth, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto that's a big all long word, yeah, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation that the old man, which is corrupt, according to the defeatful lusts. That's putting off or putting away the old man. Now we're going to put on the new. Now we must be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness, and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil, and let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying, and that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Um, so basically, it's, we, we need to not be conformed of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of the, our minds. The identity in Christ is a direct result. Basically, it all comes down to your faith in Christ. And that faith or trust should continue throughout the life of a Christian. No Christian comes into perfect alignment with the Spirit immediately or easily. Trusting God means we live our lives in Him according to the revelation of Himself given in Scripture and not according to our own understanding. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, we are saturated with the world every day 
It is important to remember that even though our identity is in Christ, we are still influenced by the world. Our minds are easily confused by its messages, and our emotions are easily swayed by what it offers. As Jesus said, the spirit indeed is willing, but our flesh is weak. That's in Matthew 26, 41. That is why it's absolutely crucial that we let God lead us by his spirit and by the word, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for a length of days and years of life and peace that will add to you. And that's in Proverbs 3 through 1 through 2. So my question to you is, what is your identity in Christ and how does it affect your everyday walk? Because we are a flesh, we tend to beat ourselves up a little more, I think, um, when we make mistakes. And I mean, I know that we've all done it. And I, you know, the, the point of it is, is, you know, it's like Joe and I were visiting. You surrender that part. You surrender that fleshy, fleshliness over to the Lord. And you resort back to the Spirit. You know, the Lord knows. He knows your heart. He knows your desires. He knows that your intentions are good. Um, and that when we, when we are out there and people see us, they see something in us and in you that draw them in. That is not the flesh. So the Spirit lives within each one of us that are, are, have salvation, that are saved. And it's a drawing. It's a nearing. They're coming to you because you are demonstrating your Christ-like walk, whether you realize it or not, whether it's through a smile, through kindness, through just listening. Um, and so you look at that as, you know, that would be your answer. Um, you know, yes, yes, every one of you. I can say every one of y'all have, have touched my heart in the ways that you live because of the kindness. Um, I heard somebody tell Rhonda, it was, I think it was Melissa, that Rhonda had the best job ever. And Rhonda said, yes, I do, because she gets to see the blessings. She does get to see the downsides on things and the people that need the help, but she gets to see that help fulfilled. And what a blessing, what a blessing. And, um, and then, you know, that kindness that you give, you're just, God has placed you in, in just the perfect place. And, um, and I believe he's got all of you I know that he's got all of us um, in that place where we have an identity that reflects who he is. Um, so um, I just want to encourage you that don't, don't let the flesh get you down. Let that be your identity in Christ. Let that be your daily walk. Let that be, you know, when things come against you, remember who he says that you are. Um, remember who he calls you to be and who your identity is in him. And let that be refreshing. Now, what's the difference? I'm not, I'm not trying to sound redundant in any way. Like, I know the Lord calls me peace, but that's not, like, what he called. Like, what's, I don't understand what you're, like, I'm trying to understand. Like, he's called, like, I know, like, for daycares of ministry, like, he's called you to do that. But, like, some people have a name plus what he's called you to do. Sure, you can be you can be one and the same. It can be um, because you. I mean, you're opening your home to children that are otherwise don't have a home, 
And that takes a special person. That it takes a person that's together. That takes, that takes an identity that not everybody can have. Not everybody can do what you do, Jamie. That is a calling. That is your calling, is to take... But your family, you're keeping your family. You're allowing the Lord to work through you to keep your family in a place of peace. Okay, you don't have, you don't have havoc. You, you are, you're doing it in a way that you're doing, you're going as a family. It's not just a great, good idea to go do this. You're doing it, coming together as a family because the Lord has shown you this is your ministry. So that, that's the same calling. That is your peace. Um, but that it can also be looked at as that as your ministry. Okay. Well, I didn't feel like he's told me that I'm a mom and like how, you know, she's a teacher. That's what she's called to do. That's why I was trying to understand like what's the difference. Like I didn't understand the difference. I think too, like your identity gives you purpose and it allows you to do anything. Mm-hmm. So if, you're, if you're looking for like an assignment, you're not going to find the Lord in that. But okay. if you know who you are and, and you're searching for the Lord, then it doesn't matter what assignment you do. Because it's like, I can be a mom. I can come up here and work, but I know who I am. So now everything has purpose. Mm-hmm. And I can do anything. That's right. It's not like, I can only be a mom. Like, I, I can literally, I could be a teacher. I could be whatever he's called you to be. Have purpose. Um, it's just, it's just like he called me to be mother. Mm-hmm. All right. I can teach other people or I can listen. What all does a mama do? She's jack of all trades. <clears throat> she can do everything, or supposed to. And even you using the Joe Beth as an example, do you know how many of those kids look to her as as that as her that comfort? You know, she's got the answers. She's got the answers. I mean, I look to my elders as man. They've lived life. They've got the answers. They, you know, I do. I, I mean, you, you go to the people that, because that's an identity. That's an identity. You go, we go to Randy because he's got so much wisdom. You go to Parker because he's got so much wisdom, because that's who, who Christ has called him to be. And so you go where you can go to that identity. Like, you know, there's never been a time I've ever seen Lorinda not joyful or smiling, ever. So you want to get lifted up, you go see Lorinda. Um, you know, and it's just, to me, that's your calling. That's your identity. Um, and it's, we, we get called into our identities at any time. And it could be, it's just whatever time that the Lord releases to us. It's, um, you, whether you realize it or not, you are a mom to all those kids at daycare when you work there. It, you know, so your definition of what you see a mom is not what the definition of what God sees as a mom. A mom sees a person as loving children. And um, you can do that without birthing children. Um, there's, there, there's just, there's so, I mean, you come up here and you can do ministry work and put the little ones up here. And those little kids look to you as their security. And so... You've just got different callings. You've got different identities. I don't mean you have one identity. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. So, 
Yeah, because to be honest with you, this was, I I didn't see me doing this. I I didn't, this was not what my goal in life was to be, was to, you know, to be speaking to, you know, where there's more wisdom out there than myself. Um, But Parker and Sarah said when when they first got here that, that I, you know, I stood out. There was things that the Lord was pointing out to them. And I'm doing it out of obedience because Parker said that this is what the Lord showed him. And I will, I just, I'm the type of person that I will not, not be in obedience to the Lord. Um, now, I might grumble and mumble and, you know, but I, it don't change the fact that that's, if that's what he's, there's a purpose for that. Um, and I, I want to be, I want to be in his will and, and, and obedient. And so at any time, we can, we can be called into a different identity. But I think the whole thing that I got for myself out of this study, um, and I go in and I type all this up, and so I really put, have more to say when I'm doing it, when I'm studying and I'm putting it together, then when I get up here, I'm like, uh, I'm going to just read off my paper. Because <laughs> then I get up here and I forget, you know. But... Um, but you know, do I walk, do I live in my identity? Do, you know, do, do, is what I say that I am and the freedom that I know that I have, do I live in that? Do I demonstrate that every single day? Um, I'm not a singer. I'm not a singer. But when that place came available, and Shorty turned around and said, you need to be up there. And I'm like, oh, no. Not, you know, I can sing out out here because I blend in. But up there, that's a whole different, like right here, it's a little, it's, pressure's a little different. And um, so I began to think about it, and I, and I was like, well, I'll, I'll, okay, Lord, I'll pray about it. That's, I, that was kind of a funny thing for me because I was like, I'll pray about it. And that was it. That was my prayer. I'm going to pray about it. He began to show me, are you doing it for the people? Are you doing it for the attention? Or are you doing it unto me? I'm like, oh, I got to put things like that. And I'm like, okay. And I told him quickly, I I will do it. I will do it. But I will only do it unto you. And so when I'm singing up here, if you will watch me, I don't usually look at people. I I am singing unto the Lord. And that is, that is my, that's my identity. That's my drawing. That is my, and so for me, it's like, that's who I am. And I want to walk in that and I want to live in that every single millisecond of the day. And that's his desire for all of us is to not be different when we leave this room or to leave this building, but to walk out an identity of who he is so that people will be, will be drawn to us um, because we, we all have that same identity. We're all equal. We're all the same. We just have different identities. And um, so it, that, that's why it really affected me was, you know, because we, we tend to, I always tell my kids, you got to walk the walk, or you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. Well, that, you know, I'm eating my words because that's really what we're supposed to do in our Christian walk. 
if we say that we are a duck and we don't we walk like a you know like a sheep then we're it's there's it's confusing it's confusing people aren't drawn to that they're like I don't want no part but yet they see a spark in you or something that draws them to you that's curiosity that's where salvation comes into play that's where you can share and it may not be through anything but just forgiveness love mercy grace all those things that come with it. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.